Alright, welcome back to our second episode of our podcast series. My name is John. My name is Minnie. And I'm Anna Kelly. And today, yeah, we didn't say our last names, but... Roger. Uh, that's okay. I that's feel incredible. like Anna is a particular name that needs a last it name with last, it. That's, yeah. yeah. Well, that's who we are. And today we're going to be talking about uh, different vernacular social dances um, and just... Uh, including native voices into the dance world. So there are four different types of vernacular dances that we have talked about. Um, And there's a communal, which is just like about being with the social people and doing social things Mm -hmm. uh, together. And then there's courtship dances, which are between two people um, and they are Symbolizing union of the mm. two people, and then a work dance is dances that are done when working and all of that stuff. And yeah. of course, the war dances are to war going into battle, preparing for battle. Yeah. Okay. So with that, there are some uh, examples of specific dances that we talked about more in depth. Do either of you want to go into some details? Minnie? Yes. Did you as far as yeah. uh, courting dances, <laughs> we've got our Roomba, and there are different types of Roomba. Yeah. Um, this one, it's mentioning that it's warrior-like, so that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, um, but it is to like create some sort of union, um, to get some sort of partner. It's flirty. Yes. It has a lot of shoulders. It's an imitation dance for yes. a hen and a rooster. That's where uh-huh. those shoulders come from. We love roosters. Yeah. yeah. And there's, there's like chickens. three chickens. different sections to the Roomba dance. There's, yes. There's yambu. Um, which is a more slower, mm-hmm. um, just kind of yes. sneaky. Yeah, so like you're not scaring like your partner. Yeah, kind of like checking out the scene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the guaguanco dance, which is a little more yeah. spicy. Circular spicy. movements, yeah. going around each other. You know the turns. Yes, yeah. definitely a lot faster. Yeah. It is faster. Yeah. And then also, like, in this one, the woman will bat away the attempts with usually, yeah. like, a scarf yeah. or a spur. Yeah, as the, as the guy tries to vaccinate her. Vaccination. Vaccination. Hashtag anti-vax. No. I mean, not really. <laughs> but, like, you know. I get you. In this, in this context. Yeah. In, this in this context. context. Yeah. <laughs> no vaccine. Um, and the last section of Roomba mm-hmm. is Colombia. Yes, which, again, lots of shoulder rolls, Some clapping, speedy, very powerful. Very speedy, a lot powerful. of emphasis on footwork. Yeah. Yes. And it's a more choreographed movement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What other dances noticed, that we learned about? Um, oh. With Columbia, there's oh, yeah. more, there's more intense footwork, but there's also more like flicks of the hand, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and waving with the hand, batting away, but not necessarily 
with a prop, or at least that's what I saw when we watched yeah. our little. Mm-hmm. It's very true. Um, more lateral movement in the torso. I feel like the others, it's a, like a vertical wave mm-hmm. up into yeah. the shoulders. Um, so there's that. Yeah. Yeah. And another dance that we talked about was the communal dance of Ingri, which uh, is an imitation dance, and that's meant to mimic the, the leaping of a gazelle. Mm-hmm. It sure is. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Also, something that I really liked about this section um, on these dances is that we also discussed like how they developed. Mm-hmm. Like, in the modern world, like, yeah. when when they've been taken out of um, where they originated, mm-hmm. how they've changed, I thought that was something mm-hmm. really interesting to look at. More performative. Yeah. Less, like, yeah. just for whoever you're dancing with, but for an audience. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I feel like, not as internal. Um, you know, you have your outward expression, and I feel like the body that goes through the body and through your limbs, very expressive. Yeah, I feel like it was also like very clear to see that in the Roomba ballroom. Yes. That was just so like fascinating to me. Yeah. Like to watch all of the, um, like to see the differences between the two, Mm -hmm. like astronomical. Especially how how it changes when it becomes a performative dance instead of being focused on the cultural relevancy Mm -hmm. yeah agreed that's very true i also wonder like when you're learning ballroom roomba like what do you actually learn about real like roomba roomba you know and i think that definitely relates to uh like a future of being potential dance educators Mm -hmm. how can we make sure that we educate on the uh the significance of where our dances come from mm-hmm. and and what we what we learn what we teach exactly um, to yeah. other people and so that that leads us to a question of how can we incorporate more native voices into a curriculum and and how can can that be less western focused even with the society being majority yeah. western focus. Yeah, and part of that's like where society is placing values, like with the, mm-hmm. going back a little bit, but with the ballroom version of Roomba, like they were using a lot of extension. So there's, when you take it out of the original context, there's more value on like this more western aesthetic and long mm-hmm. lines and for the audience, even though, you know, the original form is just as valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, going, <laughs> going back to John, uh, talking about indigenous voices and how important that is, especially in a college setting where we are mm-hmm. on land that belong to someone else yeah. yes. in a different culture. Um, and then, you know, just that lack of presence now. Like, yeah. you can put it in the syllabus and honor it, you know, first day of class, and then it kind of goes away, and you yeah. don't bring it back up. Um, yeah. And we're not doing 
you know I, much else yeah i wish yeah. we did more that's I'm not entirely sure how we would incorporate no, that. It's um, definitely a difficult subject. Yeah, just also, like, I don't feel like I know enough about how they build curriculum here mm-hmm. to, like, really know how we as, like, Ball State students yeah. and how our professors can change that. But I also like how in class we talked about, like, not just students, like, having a growth mindset, but, like, as educators like mm-hmm. allowing yourself to like have an open mind to things yeah. you know I think that's, that's an interesting idea when it comes to like hearing stories and um, life experience from other people that was something that I really took away from this uh, yeah. unit maybe in the future like prior to implementing some form of indigenous dance um maybe there could be like lectures or someone could come in and discuss first because i feel like you know i when you grow up with that form you're not necessarily going to go to school to learn about it if you already know the things so then there's that whole side of it yeah i feel like though if we were to like have a course on um like indigenous dance um and it was more about movement instead of like history or understanding the culture i would be really worried that like um the culture would be lost in it you know i feel like like personally i would enjoy having more like dance history courses that's valid to learn about like native voices and all the other people that i'm sure i don't even know like i need to be listening to you know Mm -hmm. like um i think that would be a great way to like more paperwork which you know paperwork but it's important yeah for sure yeah and also with the educating of uh, movement or just the history of uh, native cultures um, it is important to keep up the authenticity of the information mm-hmm. for the movements that are are taught to to the students and so uh, brings us to another question what constitutes being authentic Ooh, that's a goody big that? question yeah so I I think I can give my opinion. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I think it uh, authenticity definitely has to be approved by whoever's culture mm. it comes from. Yeah. And so if you're gonna teach a movement from an indigenous tribe, then you need to live with that tribe for a while and mm-hmm. a while. Can be relative, but um, like fully, like but fully immerse, immerse yourself, with them. yeah, yeah, and learn their culture, learn the meanings. Um, if they have a different language, learn that language too, so that you can really be immersed in it, and mm-hmm. and you understand it, um, and then you would perform that for them, so they can give yeah. you the the go ahead to to go teach mm-hmm. that culture. I also, um, I like the idea of, obviously it's important to learn about as many, like, cultures and dance styles as we can, just so we get, like, a better grasp of the dance world, but I also think there's something to say about, like, 
authentically representing the styles that you know you know like that you're passionate about or that you like know the most history about like I wouldn't want to like because I like growing up I never did hip-hop like I don't know a lot about the history and the culture of it so I wouldn't want to like learn hip-hop in a like two semester course and then try to teach it to someone yeah Yeah. um that would just be tricky for me (laughs) you know so again kind of like what john said like immersing yourself is really important if you are going to teach the subject Mm -hmm. but also like some dance styles just aren't for you to teach you know like sometimes it's just not in your field house Yeah. yeah um I feel like it's easier for me to wrap my head around the term authentic through food. (laughs) Because especially, you know, over here in the States, Mm. it's a salad. But there's still, you know, enough variation that sometimes whatever you're eating is not actually what it would be. Yeah, Um, that's true. And that's kind of like, you know, eating dance. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. digesting dance that might not be the original yeah you know yeah. and and that also because food is such a big part of culture too yeah like dance it is. And food <laughs> and language it all wraps into culture <laughs> yes exactly yeah. yeah i also think that's another interesting point of like if it's a dance form that is not from um the United States or where we're from like how do we how do we ensure that we get an authentic representation of of whatever we're learning about you know like Mm -hmm. I feel like you've got to go there to really like get the quote-unquote authentic especially since and I might be wrong in saying this but I feel like the United States has a way of like you know recognizing that there is culture but then also pushing it aside yeah. like not necessarily appreciating it fully we kind of like shred it shred, shred cultures it and down. then make it so like that's our thing now and yeah. that's not necessarily that's, like yeah. how that should work i don't think yeah yeah that's... i definitely i definitely see that with like restaurants oh yeah um, like food like a mexican <laughs> restaurant that says that it's authentic Taco Bell. But it's, it's totally yeah. yeah it's totally Americanized yeah. maybe that like maybe real. the word authentic is kind of like you know how we say good for everything or like I love that for everything mm-hmm. yeah. maybe the word authentic is one of those like maybe we need to like re mm-hmm. rearrange the words that we use to describe something that is yeah. again quote unquote authentic yeah. yeah good points Good point. Very good. Yeah. Good, good. Anyone have anything else to add? I think that's a good place to to wrap up our podcast for today. What is your definition of authentic? Leave it in the comments below. (laughs) (laughs) If you can do that. (laughs) And tune in next time and we may may read some of your comments. Yeah. Leave questions if you want us to answer questions. Of course. Very good. is nodding at me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, thanks, thanks for listening. For and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.